Welcome, welcome to Mozzie and the Muscle, our show about all things football and, well, maybe just a few things outside of that. We are not reporters, we are not journalists, but damn it, we do love to talk about it. Welcome into Fantasy Football with Mozzie and the Muscle. I'm the Muscle, joined by the probably most logical, unbiased Jets fan I know, Mozzie. <laughs> How's it going, man? It's going well over here. Got some nice uh, water playtime with the doggo while it's still hot out. I guess today's technically the last mm-hmm. day of summer, which kind of makes sense. You what? know, when football starts, it's uh, you know it's fall. It could be wrong. I don't know. It's just what my girlfriend told me, and I. I don't bother to check it, so I'm just going to trust her on that one. So, <laughs> how, how, how are you doing? Are you, are you excited for the season? Oh, I'm so excited. It's like three days till football. We get a great mm-hmm. Thursday night game. I've been waiting so long. I'm, I'm truly stoked for this. Yeah, we are recording this on September 4th at 2 p.m., so it's, it's, the, it's the Monday. We uh, wanted to make sure we got in before the Thursday night game, and also... Uh, this, this week's going to be a little, little crammed, so I want to make sure I actually get all the weekend games in in time uh, for it. The good thing is with week one, doing it early is not bad because there's not really much injury ambiguity yet. Mm. There are maybe a couple guys where you have to keep an eye on, but that's something we'll, we'll cover all the conditionals. And as the week goes on, we'll know a little more. Yeah, we've pretty much made our picks. Yeah, the one of the only things we're waiting on right now is confirmation that Burrow's going to be in, and that's kind of the the biggest pending. Um, <laughs> that's our first game, though, or actually our second game, sorry. First game's our Thursday night game, so we'll, we'll be getting to Burrow in, in, a, in a few minutes. Detroit at Kansas City will be kicking us off this Thursday. We both have Kansas City. He said, oh, you have Kansas City unless Chris Jones sits. Oh, yeah. If Chris Jones sits, I'm taking the Lions. Ah, all right. Well, talk talk to me about that one. Well, so the first thing is that the Chiefs defense pretty much annually is mediocre until usually about halfway through the season when Spags makes his changes and they actually start putting things together. Mm -hmm. Um, So not having Chris Jones, I literally cannot see a way that the Chiefs put any sort of pressure on golf. Am I overstating that? Because we have one of the best O-lines with the Lions. One mm. of the best. And then you take the Chiefs defense, which starts off slow and doesn't have their star defensive tackle. Who's putting pressure on golf? I don't see golf? I don't even know if he'll get hit. So yeah, I mean it's tough because we have Andy Reid who you know, with time to prepare, he's kind of like Batman. If you give him enough time to prepare, he'll beat anything. Um, and he has had a lot of time to prepare for this game. But if the Lions offense just does whatever they want, they're going to be scoring the same amount of points as Kansas City and probably holding onto the ball for like 50 of the 60 minutes. So I I don't I think the Chiefs they need Chris Jones if they, if Chris Jones playing plays then yeah I'll take him um, but if he's out then yeah I'm gonna take the upset I'm gonna take the Lions mm-hmm. so right now if if Chris Jones does play it won't be 
full time, I assume. And yeah, he may he may just not play. I uh, the the spread definitely changes for sure, and the total might go up even more somehow if it uh if he doesn't play. But with, with Detroit, I think the reason I don't know if I'd still be able to pick them is because they're pretty much their only receiver right now is Amon Ross St. Brown. Because like outside of that, it's Antoine Green. Marvin Jones, Khalif Raymond, and Josh Reynolds at and receiver. Jameer Gibbs. Yeah, and so yeah, and Jameer Gibbs. <laughs> and that kind of brings me to like they'll probably run a ton of twenty-one and or twelve personnel. Like they're gonna honestly, like maybe there might be snaps where it's literally like they do twenty-two. I don't know. Um I assume I assume they'll lean pretty heavy uh in this game. The problem is like also like their their defense has improved, but I don't think it's at all gonna be really able to slow down Kansas City. So I like both offenses are going to have their way this game. And right. if you're telling me it's a shootout and Mahomes is one of the teams, like I'll probably take Mahomes. I, th- I think the, the Detroit key is like you said, if they can just hold the ball forever and Kansas city has to be perfect, which they can be, but um, that is asking a lot. So it's asking a lot. And then on the flip side, the chiefs have two new linemen that have not played with the team yet being their tackles, both of them. And with the second year, Aiden Hutchinson coming off the edge, I um, this is going to be a good game. They're going to put pressure on Mahomes, and the Chiefs are not going to be able to put pressure on the Lions. And even though obviously the Chiefs are you know the better team overall this week one, they're in a tough spot. So yeah, I'm, I'm I'm pretty high on the Lions covering regardless yeah, if... of if Chris Jones plays. Yeah, because right now it's Chiefs by six and a half, and I think a good move right now is like betting lines to cover if Chris Jones, if you think Chris Jones might sit, um, or you can go full money line, go bold. But I, I don't know if I'm if I'm gonna go. I don't know if I'm, if I'm that, bold, that bold because <laughs> if Chris Jones, I mean, how many practice snaps does he need? One, like yeah, I was gonna say one, <laughs> like one, like one, one of each technique. You know, that's about it. Um, <laughs> but he does injury, make a big difference to me. Yeah. Injury-wise in this game, um, Lions' only thing really is, you know, Jameson Williams suspended. Um, and then for the Chiefs, obviously Chris Jones may or may not be there, but injuries, it's pretty much just Tony and Sneed. Um, they should be back. It sounds like they're expected to play week one, but they're not going to play full allotments, especially Tony. Like, <laughs> Tony's going to play, like, maybe 20% of snaps, <laughs> albeit he might get targeted on, like, every snap he plays. True. But Fantasy wise, I was kind of I'm mashing the Kansas City receivers here because it's gonna be we a really annoying players. rotation, yeah. um, especially now because like if Tony gets healthy, which is a an extreme if, then maybe he'll be like one of the reliable guys. Scott Moore's supposed to be a main guy, but we've seen really nothing from him like his rookie year to make us believe that. MVS is MVS. Um, they'll be mixing in Rich- Richie James, Justin Watson, Rice, and Ross like. It's going to be a huge rotation. So, yeah, like obviously like in showdowns, like you, you take those shots, but in season long, I'm not really feeling it. <laughs> Hopefully you don't have to go there for me. It's, you know, I'm just going to bank on the Mahomes, uh, Kelsey connection, which will be good. That'll mm-hmm. still go strong. Yeah. Who, who are you feeling from Detroit though? Um, I think Gibbs gets a good amount of targets, <laughs> honestly. Uh, Amon Ra is definitely, you're sticking with him. Mm -hmm. Um, I expect Goff to have a good day too. I know a lot of leagues, he wasn't even drafted. If you drafted somebody, but you're, you know, like maybe you drafted Anthony Richardson 
uh, because you know his crazy upside, but you're a little worried about week one just starting Anthony Richardson just because he's a rookie, it's his first game, you know, mistakes happen. I would say go get Goff. I think that's an absolutely fair uh, assessment. This is was the number five scoring offense last year, and mm-hmm. they hadn't really added much to the offense, but they did, you know, they do have a really healthy O-line against a defense that's going to take a little while to come together. Yeah, and then they uh, they lost Charvarius uh, Ward as well in their secondary, the, the Chiefs did. Yeah. So um, yeah, some new secondary members as well. Yeah, Trent is, McDuffie's uh, good at least. Yeah. I, I was looking through uh, the news for Detroit. It sounds like Emmanuel Mosley. Oh, he's I think he's the injury I've missed. He, he's kind of questionable right now. He's going to participate in practice, it sounds like which I think means he'll be good to go. But, I mean, okay. keep an eye on that. Um, yeah, I think if, if you're iffy right now, it's worth keeping an eye on, guys. Because they just pulled, they just activated from the pup, um, like, right before the deadline. Um, so it sounds like they're hoping he's back, but I don't know if he'll play his full allotment of snaps. And I think CJGJ's all good. I'm not seeing anything else on him. So, yeah, he he's not on like pup, so I guess healthy. he's good. Yeah, which that was good, because I know there was, he had that injury early on that we were concerned about. So... Their secondary might be a little a little better uh, than expected if if uh, Mosley's able to play, but I, I I do think that run defense is still going to struggle because like they're relying on their rookie Jack Campbell to pretty much hold that run D together, and they've got one of the weaker front sevens of the league in my opinion. So. I was just going to bring that up. I do think Kansas City's in a good position to try running it, um, especially since the Lions put a ton into their secondary. Like they drafted Brian uh, Brian Branch. They took Cameron Sutton from the Steelers. They got CJ GJ. They got Emmanuel Mosley. So with their front seven being kind of weaker, I think that's an attacking point. Mm-hmm. I I feel like Isaiah Pacheco might be getting slept on a little bit, which is fair. But I do think he will be an integral part of this game. It's tough because you also have McKinnon, who might be just like the fantasy vulture. McKinnon's a tough one for me. I feel like his usage is going to be really tough to predict this year. And it's going to come in games where either the total's really high, which I guess all Chiefs games are, but um, <laughs> the other team has a high total um, or it's like a high leverage game or something like that. Or if they, I guess if they have trouble running, I don't think they'll have trouble like running rushing this time. Right. Um, and he's healthy. So they'll probably use some, but I feel like McKinnon, they always just use like later in the year when they, Right. <laughs> need to ensure stuff. Yeah. So I, I think I think McKinnon benefits from if we're saying like this is a close game script, then that's kind of what it sounds like we're going on, especially if Chris Jones misses. So m- maybe keep an eye on McKinnon. Um, but I think I, I link Pacheco here. I like it. And then I'll, part of the reason I said Kelsey, too, aside from the receiver ambiguity is because like who the fuck's going to cover him. So, oh, I know. Right. I don't know what they're. I don't, they don't. I don't think they can come up with a plan that works. So, <laughs> yeah. Um. Before we move on, I did want to mention Antoine Green is one of the Detroit receivers. I think they only have five receivers on the active roster right now. Um. They may activate someone else, but he was a seventh round rookie who uh, made the squad. Um. And we he was like not on our prospect radar at all. So I was looking into him. He seems like a very short target or deep target guy. Like he's not going to be intermediate. So I think he's going to kind of sort of try to replace some of the uh, Jamison Williams deep ball, but um, I, I think he fits Goff's game well and the Lions' game plan. So he's someone, I guess, to keep on in these first few weeks while Jamie's out. 
I like it. Mm-hmm. And Marvin Jones is still fresh, so you know, yeah. watch it be him. <laughs> but Marvin's great at the intermediate. <laughs> oh yeah, he. I wonder. I don't know how long he'll be relevant. Probably just the first six weeks. But <laughs> I, I, we we love him. It'll it'll be fun while while it lasts. So, <laughs> moving on to Sunday and the aforementioned Burrow. It sounds like he's gonna play. I think, but it's not. He's not going to be one hundred percent. Think if he does, I would doubt it. Um, I this game is this really sucks for Bengals fans. This is a really tough draw. Mm-hmm. I think I might be taking the Browns regardless of Joe Burrow's health in this one, and it's not really anything other than the Bengals are a slow starting team. And the Browns' defense is horrifyingly good. And it doesn't really matter to me if, like, if Deshaun Watson is mid, then I still think they win. If he sucks, they'll lose. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's kind of like the floor. They just, they're going to just, you know, like, I took the under. I'll say that. This is going to be a gross game. They're going to be putting a lot of pressure on Burrow, which, if Burrow's not 100%, I don't. I don't. I personally think maybe he shouldn't play. I'm just gonna be honest. Cause... Yeah, like the report was he's expected to play, but with limited mobility. I'm like, I don't know if I want that. I don't know if I the want Browns. that. Yeah, with Miles Garrett, Dalvin Tomlinson, and Zadarius Smith, not to mention JOK coming after him. Yeah, their their front seven's really good. I uh, it's not fully solidified on the ordering, but I've got my my tiers down for the front seven, and they're they're in that second tier, like. They're they're a top seven front seven for me. Yep, and they've actually got a decent secondary too. So it's they have a good defense is yeah. uh, is the point. So they're like their gameplay for sure is going to be to try to keep this low, slow, gross. And it's Nick Chubb. Uh, I, I, I looked this up short recently, but he he tends to do pretty well against the Bengals. Yeah, yes he does. And like the Bengals have a good front as well. Clear, like obviously, but it's just going to get tough if you have to constantly be on defense the whole game mm-hmm. to cause Chubb just chips away at you. He's a wrecking ball, man. Yeah. He, uh, my only concern with Cleveland is like if Deshaun Watson is still booty, which I hope, I really hope he's just trash and they lose. I'm just really nervous about this week one. Uh, uh-huh. yeah, I, I don't have a ton of notes in here yet. Cause I was kind of waiting on Burrow, but the, the main thing is like, if he's active, they're going to put a ton of pressure on him. And it's going to have to be like quick stuff. They're going to be having to run a lot of slants, a lot of tight end stuff. They're going to probably try to run a lot. Um, but it's, yeah, it's kind of, I don't, I don't think a limited mobility burrow is going to have a wonderful time against Cleveland here. Yeah. Again, could be wrong. Jamar Chase and T Higgins are both amazing. Mm-hmm. Burrow's really good. So it could, it, it could end up being way overblown here, but the, for also for some context, uh, Vegas moved the spread. Cincinnati was minus one. Now they're minus two point five. So Vegas is expecting him to play, but it's again the the, the qualifier is just how mobile is he? Um, fantasy wise, obviously if you drafted Chase and Higgins, you're playing them. Um, but DFS wise, I don't know if I'm really ready to attack them right away. I'm probably not. I would go with Boyd though. I don't absolutely love it, but Browns have kind of struggled with that slot over the middle. They did get Juan Thornhill, so I'm curious to see if his addition as a free safety helps with that. Um, I want to say Boyd has been better when 
Chase and Higgins have been in too. Right. Maybe maybe serve Smith time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this would and be he's a, healthy. This would be a prime Bengals tight end game to be good. So Irv Smith might be that would that would be the comeback story we'd all love to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, my, my DFS approach on this is going to be probably stay away unless like no one's touching them. Then I'm like, okay, maybe I'll maybe I'll consider this. But I think I think Chubb is kind of mostly where I'm going here. Yeah, me too. Staying far away from Watson for multiple reasons. <laughs> The good thing is if he does suck, it looks like DTR is capable. Yeah, which I would love. That would make me so happy. Yeah, let's let's just let's just make that move. Let's just make ASAP. that happen. Yeah, I want to be able to like feel okay about the Browns winning. Me um, too. Uh, but next up, an upset we're both on the same page on. Uh, San Fran at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is two and a half uh, point home dogs to San Fran. We're both picking Pitt here, which is stupid. Why are they underdogs, dude? San Fran. <laughs> They I think they just got a kicker like five minutes did ago. They? Yeah, okay. they, they, I was gonna they say added, uh, going into today they did not have a kicker. Yeah, they added uh, Matthew Wright uh, from so he, they put him on the practice squad and they just elevated him from the practice squad today because Zane Gonzalez was hurt and then Jake Moody, the guy they drafted with their like first pick um, and which was in the third round, um, has a chance to be ready for Week One. So uh, that doesn't sound good. So. <laughs> They're coming in with a, like, you know, random kicker. Uh, potentially no Bosa. We still don't have anything on Bosa. Yeah, I know. It's going to be Purdy's first game back from injury. You know, obviously, you hope he's fine. He's gotten, there's some been some plan rest days, but, you know, maybe halfway through the game, it's like, oh, this isn't 100%. Um, you're against the Pittsburgh front, which <laughs> could exacerbate any issues you're having, um, whether yep. just by the pressure or getting sacked and hurt um the San Fran line is not really elite right now that's something we covered in our preview so my my thing here is like San Fran at the moment like I don't think they're set up to really attack the Pittsburgh defense well because looking at their defense you need to be able to like protect and go deep like that's I think that's gonna be the recipe if you beat Pittsburgh this year is like do you have a line to protect and actually like get a route that takes two and a half three seconds to develop and get that out because if you do then I think that's your chance but like they're gonna like the Niners rely on yeah that's their kind of mo and I think the Steelers are gonna be able to keep that in check. I agree. I don't think they're built well to go against the Steelers. It's in Pittsburgh, um, and I just have a feeling we're gonna see Sam Darnold this game. That would be brutal, man. Yeah, Sam Darnold in Pittsburgh would be a heavy <laughs> <laughs> a rough time. I um, did take the over, um, just because. I'm expecting Pittsburgh to get around 24 to 27 points, and I think the Niners can get close to that. The over-under is only 41. I'm not, like, super high on it, but that is one where I'm like, yeah, I'll take the over. There's enough talent on both offenses that, like, even if we're, we're not expecting San Fran to light it up, they're at least going to get something. Like, they're not going to get shut out. They just have too much talent to fully get, you know, zeroed or anything. Um, right. As far as who I'm, like, picking... I think one of the receivers between Debo and Ayuk should do well. I'm not really to Kittle because he's still banged up. Yeah. Um, he's kind of one of the injuries. Um, and then CMC, I think, is going to be like just a PPR pick this game. Um, yep. Obviously, he's always liable to score a touchdown, but I think they're going to be relying on him to dump off a ton. So, like on DraftKings, like he might just rack up ten receptions and be fine, even if he only gets fifty yards. So, yeah. 
that's kind of where I'm at with him too. Who are you feeling on uh, Pittsburgh this game now? For Pittsburgh, I do want to see Najee start to get rolling. I don't think he's going to be amazing, but I think he's going to have a pretty solid game to start off the year. Um, And that's partially because I think the vertical passing game of the Steelers is going to go pretty well, Uh, which to me means Pickett is going to be hitting Pickens. Um, I don't think Deontay Johnson's going to have a bad game, but I think I do like Pickens more. Yeah, that was going to be my question. It's like, I I feel like one of them's going to do well, but I've, I've been having trouble pinpointing which one. Deontay just had such a bad year last year that I'm, like, hopeful that <laughs> things change for him. Um, but I think Pickens is a really solid, like, safe option for this game. And... I, I think Najee is going to have a good game, too. I can't really explain why. That might be more of a Mozzie take. Because, <laughs> uh, like, the front of the Niners is still good. Like, Fred mm-hmm. Warner and Eric Armstead and Javon Hargrave. But I do think the Steelers are going to run block a lot better. So, yeah, I don't know. This is this is a pretty, like, I'm pretty confident in this upset. Yeah, I, I think we've both kind of been eyeing this for a while. Yeah. So... Hopefully it's not like take lock bias, but I think we've like we dissected it enough that we like kind of dug in like okay this isn't just like first impression there's actually a lot here as to why it could go this way and and furthermore you know most importantly I know their kicker and he's gonna have a good game so if you're in one of those leagues with kickers go ahead and get Boswell if you don't have one this is a prime Bozzy at home possibly gross game. Where this is a game where you want to have a good kicker, and I think it's really funny that the Niners are just like <laughs> trapped at a guy yeah. and he put their first and second. Yeah, they just, they just grabbed a guy off waivers to kick for him this week. So, <sighs> uh, defense wise, I'm fine with either defense here, actually. Um, I mean, San Fran defense is always live, but I think the Steelers defense, as we talked about, could, could have a decent upside here. I agree with that. Sweet. So, next up. Probably the game, <laughs> the only game I'm confident really in this week is Houston at Baltimore. With that Baltimore, it's a, they're a 10 point favorites, uh, 44 total. I mean, listen, I think the Texans will be fine, like, like especially later this year, they'll you know take it to ramp up. I think Stroud will be good, you know, next year especially they'll be solid. But getting the Ravens week one is just a really unfortunate draw. Yeah, that's um, yeah. Rookie QB's first game against the Ravens, who their defense is, uh, I will say their defense is good, but I don't think it's like insane. Um, the front's actually not that scary in my opinion, but the secondary, I think has some pretty good, um, it's going to be volatile, but I think they're going to have some really like high score, like high defense score games and the Ravens, this could be, yeah. Ah, their defense looks pretty good to me. I was, I was looking at their front and it's like guys, we know like solid guys, but no one really, uh, stuck out to me. As far as like difference maker, like Pat, like Patrick Queen kind of rebounded some, but like I don't want to bank on him like having turned the corner. Um, like they're still playing Rocky Sin at one of their corner spots. Right. Um, like they're starting Jadavion Clowney, who they just grabbed, and, and he he'll have his games, but he's definitely not consistent anymore. Um, like they have some solid guys up front, but they don't they don't have any like wreckers aside from like Roquan, really. Um, yeah, I, I get what like, you mean. Yeah, but like in the secondary, they've got Humphrey, Mallet. Um, so like I, they have enough guys in the secondary that I think they can, especially like they've got Kyle Hamilton at safety too. So they they can cause them some issues with with their secondary. Who they, their secondary loves to take risks, and I think 
against a rookie quarterback, you can get those risks to pay off. Yeah. No, I, I don't like I we both think Houston is going to be much improved this year, but minus 10 is not enough. Yeah, not today, unfortunately. And um, I, I took the over because Baltimore might hit the over themselves. <laughs> I, I, I definitely see them getting like possibly just 35 and then Houston yeah. will. I think Houston could get 10. So Yep. It's 35 um, just with touchdowns. And then the entire fourth quarter is just some field goals for Tucker. Yeah. So I was going to say, <laughs> like, I didn't put Tucker in for kickers because I think it could just be a lot of touchdowns. And he may not get enough field goal opportunities was my was my only concern. Yeah, the only thing like I think he is the biggest uh, like benefactor of the garbage time in this game, because I expect Baltimore to have a big lead and then the last quarter to kind of take their foot off the gas and still probably effectively move the ball down the field enough that they eat up clock and just send in Tucker for a kick. Mm -hmm. So I do think that he has like normally it's not. (laughs) <laughs> that way where you have kicker garbage time but i think this is a huge garbage time kicker tucker game not like 20 points but i think he'll get to his average he'll get some recycling going yeah, yeah. um obviously like lamar i like dobby um i think taking a shot on any of the ravens receivers is fine uh injury wise i do want to note um i'm a little concerned about Mandrews right now actually uh I don't. I just got an alert earlier that he's not practicing today. Obviously, it's only Monday, but he's kind of been dealing with some of the last couple of weeks. So, like, keep an eye on him because if he does miss, that's one a lot of targets gone. And two, like Isaiah likely comes into viability. Mm-hmm. So, um, as of Tuesday last week, they said he should be ready for the start of the regular season. But that's not like reassuring. I think if you're if you're Baltimore. And you're like, oh, do we give him another week? And it's and you're like, oh, wait, it's Houston this week. I think you give him another week. So yeah. we'll know this one, obviously, at 1 p.m., but, you know, watch out. Um, and then <laughs> I think Bateman's good to go, but obviously he's kind of been hobbled all offseason, so he may not play a full allotment of snaps. So if I'm picking a Ravens receiver, I think Odell or Flowers would be the one I would go with. I'm here for the Zay Flowers love. And Just that part, instant first game breakout. Yeah, because there's a few reasons. Um, but first and foremost, the Texans, like, I think their front is going to get some pressure on Lamar because it is much better. It's not. It's still not mm-hmm. great, but they did just get Will Anderson, and the Ravens' O-line is a little shaky. It's still very good, but it is a little shaky um, just because I think it's mostly just their guard spot with John Simpson. The other guys are pretty solid, but... I do think that the pocket's going to collapse a little bit more, and I like Zay as the quick out if things are getting a little dicey for him. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of like your hot route, quick slant guy. So I do think he has a really nice PPR potential. Of, and and of we, course, we know he's got that runs. yak ability too. Yeah. So yeah, I'm here for uh, the 4,000-1,000 season, Lamar. I, I'm calling dude, it. We're here. I, w- I want it. I want it so badly. <laughs> Man. Everyone knows that. So, yeah, Baltimore here has this one. Uh, next up, we've got Tampa at Minnesota. This is an interesting one, surprisingly. Um, we both have Minnesota, and, like, they should win. Um, they're favored by 6, 45 and a half point over under. The main injury thing is Ryan Jensen obviously going to IR. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, I think these teams are fairly healthy. This game really sucks to uh, predict. I am not confident in the Vikings whatsoever. 
their roster is very new. They have a lot of young guys. Um, and, like, Tampa still has a good defense. I just ultimately am like, oh, yeah, Todd Bowles is their head coach, so I'm going to pick <laughs> Minnesota. But I might be taking Tampa Bay to cover. I, I'm i not, like, this game's gross to me. I don't, I'm not putting any money on this game in any facet. Yeah, this is a tough one. Like, I don't have a good read here. Like, the Vikings, like I said, the Vikings defense is, I'm going to say they're going to be bad right now while yeah. they're still new and meshing. So Tampa might not really struggle that much. Right. Um, like, I don't think Minnesota is going to really be able to put, like, a lot of pressure on them. Like, I think their front's kind of weak. Um, like, they've got Daniil Hunter. It's like it. Yeah, it's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. So, like, Baker should actually have some time. So I, I, I've kind of been going back and forth on who I like. I think I'm more into Evans this week than Godwin. Um, that makes sense to me. And a situation where we think Baker actually has time, I think it's gonna be those are gonna be the Mevins weeks. So I, I'm feeling him this week. Um, and if you, you know, of course Justin Jefferson is amazing. The the Tampa defense is still solid, like you said, but their secondary is kind of getting a little older. Not like old old, but. I don't know if they could keep up with Justin Jefferson. Not that anyone can, really, but <laughs> no, I don't especially, especially so here. So, And then Tampa, the interesting part with them is their third receiver spot. I don't know if it's going to be Trey Palmer or like Rakeem Jarrett. So I think Trey Palmer is going to be the guy because he was their uh, like third round draft pick. Mm. Or no, he was at the sixth round, I think. Wow. Um, so they've got two rookies who are going to kind of be manning that last spot, but... Right now, they've only got five receivers on the active roster, I believe. So it's going to be a lot of Evans and Godwin, I think. But I, if you want to take a shot on a third guy, I get that. But maybe we just say, oh, it's going to be Kate Otten here. I'm I'm on the Otten train. That's it probably really be... more likely. So part of it is with them having a backup center. And I think he played fine. He's just not Ryan Jensen. Uh, Minnesota should be able to break through the interior part of the line because, you know, you have Harrison Phillips, at least, and Daniel Hunter. Uh, Jordan Hicks, some of those guys. Like, I think that might be the weak point of the line. Mm-hmm. And Baker loves to roll out. So if he's rolling out to his right, I think that uh, Otten should get a lot of safety blanket catches. Yeah, I could see that. As far as the uh, running backs in this game go, for for Minnesota, it's Alexander Madison. Just overall, yeah. I I don't I don't think this is a particularly like you know good or bad matchup either way. Um. The Tampa front is kind of interesting to me. I've been torn on how I want to evaluate them. I think they have a lot of upside. Mm-hmm. They're they're young and they've got just a lot of pass rushers. So I don't know if I don't think they're really going to be a run stopping defense. But if they get like a week one, I think they can maybe take advantage of some of them. Yeah, they um because they they have Levante David and Shaq Barrett, uh, JTS. They've got a lot of guys that can get after the quarterback. Mm. Um, they've got Devin, some speed too yeah Devin White has kind of been meh mm-hmm. and so like they still have Vita Vea so that front nose tackle like I, you probably don't want to run right up the middle against them unless you have a really good center or something like that so I'm I'm kind of hesitant on the run game for both of these teams just like the ground game, not necessarily the fantasy value of the of the running back because of PPR and whatnot. Like, I think Rashad White will be fine because he's going to get catches. Yeah, with Rashad White, so I did, one of the guys you were kind of into pre-draft was Sean Tucker. Mm-hmm. He didn't get drafted because of medicals. He's been on the Bucks. Um, they announced he's their number two back. 
he's gotten some work with the first team throughout the offseason a little oh, bit did lately. They really? Yeah, um, yeah, they announced that Sean Tucker is the number two back. I, yeah, I kept seeing him as still like the number three or four guy. So I yeah, wasn't sure. our lads hasn't updated it yet, but like there was a like a news blurb about it. So cool. Yeah, he's he's someone who uh, in the two leagues I've got Jonathan Taylor. I went grab Sean Tucker because I'm like if if he emerges really quickly, then I'm gonna I'm gonna be going for him. Mm-hmm. Um, this is this is a subjective take, of course, but I think he's got more juice than Rashad White. Um. White might be like you know more reliable in the past game, and that could end up being the, the main difference maker for fantasy. But yeah, that's his niche. Yeah, Sean Tucker, I think, is a better runner though. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, it'll, I think it'll just depend on on game for them. Here, they might need White more, especially you know, first game of the year. They're probably going to rely on the guy who's been there. Yeah, but Sean Tucker will start eating away those carries. I think. Mm-hmm. Just like the handoff yeah. kind of carries. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's good. He's solid. So I'm looking forward to seeing him get involved, but. Yeah, I should be more confident in this game, but we're not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you're Minnesota and you win 13 games and you have a negative point differential and just like you're just expecting a big regression and they have a lot of new players. So I honestly would not be shocked if Tampa Bay won this, even though maybe like 10 weeks from now, there clearly is a gap where Minnesota is a better team. Mm hmm. Yeah, I, I did throw Baker in on stream. Like, I guess I think you're in a super flex league and you're like, ah, shit, I need someone. I, I don't mind Baker here just because I think Minnesota is going to be a, a, just a shootout team this year for the most part. That would so, be fun. I mean, they've got a good offense, at, at least for the first half of the year while their defense is meshing. They've got, like, they've got a talented offense and a defense that right now is bad. So <laughs> I, I think that'll I think it'll be the remo for a bit. Um, I'm prepared for a Kirko chain special of really... <laughs> like negative three in the first half and then he gets 24 fantasy points in the second half yeah a, a jts strip sack and then <laughs> <laughs> and then comeback time i could say that that's funny uh but next up we've got jacksonville at indy uh we both have jacksonville i was looking at picking uh indy possibly but before the jt news i uh yeah Obviously, like the the value of running backs is is heavily debated, and like how much they matter for spreads and wins. But this did move from three and a half to minus five for Jacksonville after the Taylor news, and that's pretty much been the only news. So, I mean, that's there's that. Um, yeah, and he's so good, especially compared to the rest of their team. Like on running back, that's the thing is like the gap is huge. If they had like a solid backup, I'd be like, okay, like. They can still manage this, but you're going from JT to like rookie Deion. Evan Hole and then Deion <laughs> Jackson and then Zach Moss once he's back. So like it's it's a huge drop off. So without him, I think he was kind of like gonna be instrumental here, obviously. Um it's it's a little little tough now for me to pick them. Cause they cause they can keep like a spy on Anthony Richardson or play the defense a little bit differently without getting punished as much. Yep. Yeah, I, I think it is pretty big that he's not playing. Uh because I was also looking at an indie upset, but without him, like my basically my take is I don't think Jacksonville wins in a way that makes you think, oh, this team's going to be really good this year. I think they this is like a 26-17 just sort of like they fucked up a bunch but still won because Indy has a rookie quarterback and a new head yeah, coach. Yeah, I yeah. Uh... Yeah, I, I put I put Anthony Richardson as a stream in here because I'm like, well, he's gonna probably run more now. He's gonna when they get to the goal line, he's probably gonna be their goal line back. Um, 
And he's always liable for big plays. So I, I think just the rushing numbers can keep him in streaming consideration right now with with JT out. Um, for Jacksonville, the, the Indy secondary is not really that good. Um, Kenny Moore is probably their best corner. Yeah. Because like, like he's in the slot. So I was kind of saying, okay, who's going to be in the slot the most for Jacksonville? Probably Christian Kirk. Um, so I think I'm more feeling uh, Ridley than Kirk here. Mm. Yeah, I could see that. I'm not, yeah, I think Ridley will play a little bit more outside. Yeah, he, well, he can like, definitely go in the slot, but yeah, because I, I, I think they're probably going to use Christian Kirk a lot as a slot receiver. Like, obviously, they're they're all going to move around, but as far as like where they're going to be most, I think Christian Kirk's going to be like mostly the slot, and that's obviously where he's best. He can mm-hmm. still win, but I think the the exact corner matchups probably favor Ridley a bit. Yeah. Yeah, the Colts secondary is not very good. Like, Kenny Moore is their best guy. Their other guys are not great. Um, Jacksonville's corners are not bad. They have a better secondary as a whole because Cisco's been pretty good for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Are there any indie wideouts that you like? Um, uh, It's like or would consider. <laughs> There's a difference there, I think. <laughs> Um, I mean, I mean, they're going to have to throw some and like, it's pretty much just Pittman and Pierce that I'm like, uh, that are in consideration at all. Yeah. It's like, I'm fine with them, especially like they might end up actually passing more with JT gone. Like Anthony Richardson will absorb some of those runs, but like, they're going to look at who they have and be like, Hey, we should probably just pass more today. Um, I'm curious to see how quickly Josh Downs gets integrated because he does, he like Pierce is your big sideline guy and Pittman is more of a possession receiver, but Downs is your quick, like shifty mm-hmm. pockets breaking down, get a quick out kind of guy. So I don't know how quickly he'll get integrated, but it it would be nice to see. Even we, yeah, long. a lot of a lot of people liked him a lot preseason. Then he kind of he fell onto the third round, and then he went to Indy, and people were like, eh, maybe not. <laughs> um, so yeah, he could end up getting more involved early because I think him and uh, Isaiah McKenzie will probably split a lot of the slot work early on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's there's no one really that's sticking out to me. Like I don't want to play Deion Jackson because AR is not going to dump off to him like Matt Ryan did. Right. Um, I think Evan Hole will probably steal some work from him rushing and possibly at the goal line too. So yeah, it's kind of tough there. Yeah, I don't I don't really want to use any Colts in particular. I think like if you're in DFS and you use Richardson, like you know take a shot on Pierce or Pittman. Um, Pierce is pretty cheap and he just takes one, so that might be where I go. Because mm-hmm. I think if you play Richardson, you're saying, okay, he's got to run a bunch and gets a long touchdown, and that's kind of what you're right. hoping for. But overall, I'm kind of avoiding them right now. Yeah. And it's not that Jacksonville's scary. It's just that no JT. It's going to be kind of easy to keep a read on Indy while that's the case. It's his first game. so. Oh, exactly. Yeah. it's We're, we're not super high on Jacksonville this year. Not like down on him, but did they get much better than last year? Eh. And then schedule, yeah, a lot, <laughs> a lot shifted. So we have Jacksonville right now, um, but I, I'll be, I'll be rooting for Indy. I'll be, I'll be okay if I miss this one. Um, yeah. But moving on to Arizona at Washington. Another this game. This is one of. <laughs> this is the second biggest spread this week. Hilariously, uh, Washington is minus seven, up from minus six. I think that changed a bit after the uh, the the Colt McCoy cut Dobbs signing. It might. I don't. I still don't know if it's gonna be Dobbs or uh, 
or is it yeah josh dobbs right yeah that's yeah. okay i think it's I'm like am i remembering this guy's name right that's how rough it is here um it should I be think him it's or gonna tune. be him yeah because he knows the oc's system so probably him but it's pretty stupid to start a rookie you just drafted when you have a veteran you can put into sort of lower expectations like if josh dobbs doesn't play well nobody cares yeah, because they don't expect <laughs> him to play well. But if Clayton Toon goes in and plays poorly, then everyone's like, "Wow, you're a terrible GM. You drafted an idiot. You suck." So, you want to start with the veteran and let them jump first into the fire, so that it kind of douses the flames a bit. That way, when Clayton Toon comes in later in the season, it does it like he might not be any better than Dobbs, but he won't look much worse. And people can think, oh, yeah. he's a rookie. he did some things all right. <laughs> yeah. I feel like there. Yeah. The, throughout the year, I don't know how many Arizona Cardinals I'm going to recommend in general. I can't really recommend any this week with confidence of any level. Nope. Um, after Initially, like oh, like a week ago or two when I made this doc initially, I'm like, oh, like I don't know. I, like Washington should win, but I don't know for sure. Now I'm like, okay, Arizona's like actively tanking. Like, I, yeah. Yeah. If you're in a survivor pool, a lot of people are going to pick Baltimore because it's Houston. But I think a week where you're fairly sure Washington can win, like if you can't reuse a team, like <laughs> this might be the week to go of, like if you can't yeah. reuse guys. So let's go throw that one out there. For Washington, I love B-Rob here, uh, Brian Robinson, like the worst front seven in the league. Like... <laughs> I've got the Rams as the second worst, and then there's a there's somehow a tier drop off from the Rams to the Cardinals, right? Um, and my doc because last year I just had like the the no highlight the white the white block as the worst tier, but I had to make a second tier after that. <laughs> it's just red, and it's you are the Cardinals. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're they're they've got nobody, and they're one like one of their decent guys is hurt or like on IR or something. Um, yeah. Um, Majai Sanders, they put him on IR. So, like, he's their linebacker that was decent. So, they've got, they've just got no one. Um, so, Washington can kind of cruise. Obviously, one of the big injury items here for this game is Terry McLaurin. He's questionable, and I feel like they're going to sit him because. He might as well. Like, yeah. If he's not ready, it's Arizona. I feel like this is the week to do it. So, that means our guy Dotson. Yeah, your guy Dodson, even I'll say, yeah. is, is primed for a good game. I'm I'm here for it. I th- yeah, I think you should sit McLaurin. He's dealing with turf toe. That's a lingering shitty injury, and if he's not completely healthy, like this game is gonna be really one sided. Uh, you might as well let him rest. Yeah, I haven't heard any Chase Young updates yet, which probably means we won't see him. But keep an eye on that. I think they'll again if he's if he they might might wait on him a bit the uh obviously we know Kyle's on IR and then for Arizona Zach Ertz is questionable so I'm guessing they sit him I feel like Arizona is going to be very cautious conservative with all their injuries this year Mm -hmm. and especially Ertz who's on the older side so I I did write in McBride be a stream if Ertz sits there we go that's about all I think he's pretty cheap in DFS I feel like his DraftKings price was pretty low so that's about all I'll even bring up for Arizona. Like, I don't want to play James Conner here. Like, maybe he gets PPR, sure, but it's not something I want to bank on. Like, the touchdown equity for the Cardinals is going to be so low all year. Yeah. As long as Kyler's not there. So, yeah. Josh Dobbs might be okay. 
he might be a decent stream because he'll probably run. I think he's the last starting quarterback I would consider. <laughs> I think that's like it, fair. If you so say you're in a super flex league, so I'm in like a 14 team super flex league, and let's say you've got a quarterback. Let's say like we okay, let's say we find out Burrow is not going to play week one, and you're like, oh shit, everyone's taken. Then I'll be like, okay, like go go try Dobbs out if if you literally yeah. have to. That's pretty much it. Like, I'll take him over the other waiver wire options that are not quarterbacks in a big super flex league. <laughs> so. It's specific, but it, it it might happen to you. Yeah, and you know what? You know, maybe maybe he surprises us. Probably not, but, you know, maybe. <laughs> um, I did take the under as well. 38's really low, but I don't really trust Washington to score 38 points. Um, so, Yeah. <laughs> it's a toughie yeah um and mcbride is 3.1k on DraftKings, so pretty dang cheap looking through the, the only way i would like if isaiah likely ends up being the guy if uh andrews is out he's only 3k so that's pretty much the only guy in that range you're looking at uh hayden hurst is 3k so maybe him fans 3.1 but yeah if, if you really need a dumpster dive and presuming art sits then i don't hate i don't hate mcbride as the struggle target. That's an Arizona player. We deserve a medal. <laughs> oh, gosh. Next up, we've got Tennessee at New Orleans. I think this is the other one we're looking at for an upset. Um, it looks like Burks is going to play. That was kind of the main thing I was waiting on. Because if he wasn't going to play, I was going to take New Orleans. Mm -hmm. But sounds like he's good to go. And even if not 100%, he sounds like he's going to be close to that. I uh, Yeah, he's, he's the Tennessee guy to keep an eye on injury-wise. For the Saints, uh, Kamara is suspended, of course. Traquan's out. Um, and then Kendra Miller and Matron Lattimore are banged up. I, I'll i count them as uh, questionable for now, but definitely keep an eye on them. Um, I don't know about Kendra Miller because he's kind of been dealing with stuff all offseason, and right now it's a hammy. So they may be careful with him, but, like, you know, Kamara's missing. So even if Kendra plays, but especially if he sits, like you got to look at Jamal Williams. I've got him as a stream yeah. right now, but it could go to banger just off of being the guy, just being the goal line guy. <laughs> yeah, and being like being the only running back there, pretty much. Because like after him, I think yeah. it's like Daryl Williams. They just added Tony Jones back. Like there's no one else if Miller's out. So yeah, this is a pretty. This is the game I'm maybe least excited for. <laughs> um. Because it's in New Orleans, which deservedly New Orleans does get a bump there in their favorites, and I think that's fair. I do think Vrabel wins hand over fist in the coaching uh, chess match over, what's his name, Dennis Allen, which is ultimately why I'm taking Tennessee. Because yeah. if they can just, all they really have to do to win is get pressure on Carr and then like halt the run game, and then they pretty much got it which I trust him to be able to, you know, game plan for. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much what I wrote too. Like they're going to try to blitz car a bunch. Yep. Kind of I'm expecting. And <laughs> yeah, the, I, I think that the head coach battle is probably where <laughs> I think why we were both like, eh, I think Tennessee can pull this out. Um, yeah. I like Derrick Henry a lot here. Surprise. I mean, Derrick Henry. Yeah. I mean, nothing really to say there. Uh, the saints were a huge letdown for me last year on their front seven. I thought they were going to be solid. They ended up sucking. And <laughs> I have them kind of lower on the pole this year. I have them in the, what I'm calling the average tier, but I have them like ranked below the middle point. Um, I mean, like they've got Cameron Jordan 
They've got some decent linebackers with mm. Warner and Davis, but that's more like run stopping him for me. Right. Like, there's not like really any pass rush there. So I mean, maybe maybe I should be like, hey, they got some run stoppers. Maybe not Derrick Henry, but I think with with Derrick Henry, it's can you beat the line? Yes. And I think they can beat the the Saints line. So even if they've got some decent linebackers, if Henry's got that steam, it might not matter. Correct. Yeah, like, you need to have a good D line to stop Henry. Because if he yeah. has five yards of steam going into your linebackers, unless you have, I don't know, like the hardest hitting linebackers of all time, which these guys are not, you're going to be in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> well, there, it's it's going to be the typical Henry thing, I think, where we get, you know, four yards, four yards, five yards, you know, Warner and Davis make a lot of tackles. And then at a certain point, he's just going to break them or someone's going to make <laughs> another block on them. And it's going to be, yeah, gonzo to the house. Um, yeah, with, with Dennis Allen, with the being Carr's first game here and it, against... Vrabel and Tennessee's defense is pretty solid. Um, I don't think I put their front. Actually, I, I gave them a, the the good tier. Um, again, within the tiers, a little bit chumbly, but I've got them um, eleven here right now. I mean, obviously, you can move them a few spots around, but they're they're definitely above average on the front seven. So mm-hmm. uh, the the Saints' starting line really good. Um, hope like you know, obviously, they could they probably make it through a game with their starters. So that's right. you know worth mentioning, but. The the types of pressures and blitzes that Vrabel draws up, if if Carr misses something, if there's a miscommunication, and they're in his first game, if Dennis Allen doesn't adapt, that's probably the most likely. Um, then, yeah, and they've got they've got like the thing is the secondary they've got Fulton they had to Sean Murphy bunting that was a huge addition. Yeah, they've got Hooker and Bayard as safeties. Like the defense is solid. Yeah, if if Carr isn't on point. They're going to be getting picks. That's a that's a good secondary to take advantage of errant quarterback play. Mm-hmm. And I I do still like obviously Alave here. Like Alave is amazing. Like play him, but I I, I don't know. I think I think the total of forty one might be a smidge low, but I feel like it's about right. I know that I was really struggling with that one. Let me just put Tennessee here. Um, I. Th- <sighs> I kind of think I'm going to take the over, but not by much. It's tough. There's enough offensive talent on both sides. I think it might go smidge over because, you know, 21 and 21, like that's the thing. If it's, or, you know, if it's 21, 20, that hits, if we get like 24, 20 or 21, 24, that's over. So I, I think it's fair to say over just thinking about how stuff could play out. Might just be a push. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I, I could see 21, 20. Yeah. Or 24, 17. Yeah, this this is going to be a game where even if it's not like amazing to watch, I think it's going to give us some good insight into these teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, week week one, the first couple of weeks are always like trying to find what the trends are going to be, and that'll be something we dissect in our next episode. Is like okay, like what happened? Is it start of a trend? Is it fluky? How did it happen? What does it say about both these teams? That's kind of where like the breakdowns really come in, and because it's as we always say, week one is. You know, shit hits the fan. Week two, you think you know stuff. Shit breaks the fan. Right. Uh, and then week three, you're like, okay, what have I learned? Does it work right? And then about half of your stuff will stick and a half will still be stupid. Mm-hmm. And then after week four, you're like, okay, I think I got a grasp. Yeah. And you'll still miss a lot. Yeah, um, that, that's pretty accurate. <laughs> yeah. But it, yeah, it, it takes a while to get kind of the grasp on, on things. But week, week one is where we'll see like something happen and people will stick to it too much and that's mm-hmm. i think that's where we've, we've had a lot of wins is where 
something happens the first couple weeks and then by week eight it's totally different but no one's adjusted so I, I think that's probably one of our biggest strengths honestly yeah because you have to be you know you the confirmation bias is also a struggle you know like if you're saying oh tennessee's gonna win because you know new orleans defensive front is really weak and then tennessee wins but it was actually because their pass game was really good but you don't really see that you just keep rolling with oh because they're you know their front was really good but it was actually for a different reason so you have to kind of be self-evaluating and Mm -hmm. totally be okay with oh i was wrong about that but now i know this yeah we're all gonna be wrong a lot so just be just (laughs) be okay be be ready to admit it um Next up, we've got Carolina, Atlanta. Again, Atlanta, someone I was really wrong on last year. Um, we both have Atlanta here. The total is only 39.5. It's down from 42.5. Um, Atlanta's favored by 3.5. This is, I think, going to be a pretty slow-paced game. It's kind of a toughie for me to break down. Um, like, I think Bryce Young is already better than Ritter. I don't think it's like a hot take or anything. Um, <laughs> but Arthur Smith and the Atlanta continuity and adding Bijan, I think it's going to kind of help them pull this out but it's going to be a slow game i'm pretty sure yeah i think you hit the nail on the head there it's pretty much just the offensive identity of the falcons even with maybe ritter as opposed to anybody else it's just sort of they know what they're doing and they're gonna do that pretty well and that's gonna be running the ball extremely effectively and opening things up in the passing game for deep shots to you know london Pitts, and maybe scotty miller who knows (laughs) uh but I, it'll be a very slow-paced game. I don't think it's very high-scoring. I actually, even at 39.5, I still am thinking the under currently. Atlanta had a penchant for really slowing games down last year. Now, they'll probably be faster this year, but I don't know if this is the league it's going to be faster. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, injury-wise, uh, Cordell Patterson, I think he's going to sit out. Um on the 19th, they said he's going to miss a couple of weeks. And I'm like, I don't know if they'll rush him back or not. Um, so if he's out, like he's going to get touches when he plays. So if he's out, that's probably a few extra catches for Bijan for what it's worth. Um, Carolina, the main thing to watch is DJ Shark because he had been dealing with an injury throughout the offseason. But um, on the 29th, he mentioned it feels good and he's optimistic about week one. But keep an eye out on that. Because um, if he sits, then it's like it's Thielen. And... No, hope you you hope me goes good, but it's his first game, so there's just a lot a lot of change for the Panthers. A lot of young guys. Um, I do think Miles Sanders is in a good position to succeed here. I did list him as a banger. Um, part of that was um, the the DraftKings price on him is kind of low. He's like fifty one hundred. That's pretty absurd. I mostly just wanted to remember to mention that. But while Atlanta's defense got definitely better overall. I still expect them to be a run funnel one because their secondary is good and two because they're just going to be slow and run the ball so yeah. the other team's not going to be under pressure a lot to pass so you also want to make it easier on bryce young if you ask him to throw 50 times in his first game like that usually doesn't go well yeah it helps to spread some things out this is their first game it's bryce young's first game uh yeah kind of a low and gross game but i am this this one i am intrigued to watch because i want to see ritter i want to see young i want to see how the two teams have come together i want to see Bijan. Bijan. yeah i guess that's my main question is like 
Atlanta fantasy wise, like I think Bijan makes a lot of sense because we're talking about it being a slow game. Like Pitts at London, what are you thinking? Like what, what's your read on Atlanta here? Because like I've tried to decipher it, but I'm not really sure. If Dante Jackson plays, I like London a little bit less. He's still questionable. He was out for a lot of last year, but he's really good. Um, so I'm kind of waiting to see if he's in. If he's playing, I might like Pitts a bit more. Uh, but if he's out, then I do like London a lot. Gotcha. Yeah, I uh, I'll probably just end up coming back to Bijan, but I don't. I'm not really looking at this game much at all in DFS. Um, season long, obviously, if you got Bijan, you're playing. If you got Miles, you're probably playing him. And DFS wise, that's probably the only place I'm looking to. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's just yeah, kind of just slow gross game. We'll, we'll we'll see more fireworks from Atlanta at some point, probably potentially, maybe more excitement. But <laughs> yeah, this this is gonna be just kind of. I think DJ Chark playing is pretty big for the offense. They said his goal is to be ready. We'll see if that happens. But mm-hmm. you know, this it, Falcon secondary is a lot of press coverage, which will be difficult for guys like Thielen. Um, but it would probably be really nice for somebody like Chark. It'll probably be tough for Mingo as well. Yeah, he he's like one where he's big, but he's a rookie, so it'll right be pretty hit or miss. Um, yeah, again, this will this will be, I think, a better real life game than fantasy game uh, for for your viewing pleasures. So <laughs> next up, we move on to the four p.m. games. We've got Philly at New England. Oh, okay. I I've got Philly right now. I see I see you're going with New England. Oh here. yeah. Uh, Philly's four point favorite right now. Uh, totals forty five. So, yeah. Why, why are you picking the uh, the team we hate? <laughs> I don't know what jackass decided to make Bill Belichick a home underdog, but, like, that's such a tough environment to win in on the road, and it's week one. He, like, this, it just bothers me. I'm absolutely taking New England. I actually put money on it. Um, oh. So Philly lost both coordinators. That's usually not great. They just lost the Super Bowl, which is also not great. So we have a little Super Bowl hangover. All your coaches are different. They got purged from players. But the biggest, biggest thing is that I feel like Philly's biggest strength does not work well against New England. um, Because Philly's biggest strength is their absolutely insane defensive line, right? They just Mm -hmm. have... Jalen Carter and Fletcher Cox and Jordan Davis. Yeah, one, one of the best fronts in the league. It's, it's absurd. Yeah. So what they're really good at doing is breaking down the pocket and putting pressure on the quarterback. But now you're talking about New England, whose main goal is to get the ball out as quickly as possible with a quarterback that's really good at throwing under pressure and making processing throws. Like, yeah, they're still going to put pressure on Jones. And... I'm expecting this to be a close game, but this is kind of like what Mac Jones's strength is. And I just don't see it being that effective at stopping them. And New England's going to do the same thing they always do, which is a, you know, very efficient sort of passing game. I don't, I don't know, man. I, I really hate that they made New England underdogs for this. Yeah. When we were, when we were chatting about like, you know, confidence levels in teams, I was like, I think I feel good about Philly, but I don't know for sure. Like, go like yeah. Week one going to New England is tough for any team. Um, yeah, 
I like I said, it's only it's a four point spread, so Vegas doesn't really expect the whomping either. Um, like it's gonna be gonna be close. We're hilariously higher on New England than everybody else. Get like right. which is, it's funny because it's us and we we hate them. Um, <laughs> I've got Philly winning still because I think they've just got a better roster. Um, Hurts runs and that's kind of notoriously been a problem for Bill. That's He's gotten true. a little better at it. Um, like <laughs> obviously we'll mention the Bills game a lot. And that was kind of a different scenario with the weather. Um, I think one kind of off-paper thing I'm going to call it worth mentioning is that Hertz has insane resolve. He is mm-hmm. unflappable as all get out. Um, he's shown it on multiple levels that he, he just doesn't get rattled. And I think that's the advantage that Philly has here versus, you know, when we look at like a Buffalo sometimes where we go like, will they just get out of sync and stay out of sync? I think Hertz has the ability to just not really get phased. And so, yeah. Even even if New England does get those advantages, I don't know if it if they stick all game. Um and so like I, again, I'm I'm I agree this will be a good close game, but I think I think Philly's able to pull it out. The, I mean, uh, I, I do hope so. Yeah, <laughs> we don't want New England to win. Yeah. But no, yeah. I don't have like insane confidence in the Philly pick though now. Um I do think if the Patriots line, if they have Strange and Reef sit, then I probably will switch. Um, yeah, so that's what I'm about to get to here. So yeah, the the news blurb was this was yesterday. Uh, Michael Onwenu could be an option at right tackle for Week One if Riley Reef has to sit. Um, I think Cole Strange is gonna go. He try to find where he was banged up a bit. So Cole Strange. Um, the last I saw this was about a week ago was. He hasn't practiced since early in training camp with a knee issue, but has a chance to be ready for the start of the regular season. Um, we'll, I haven't seen any updates on him yet, so we'll get info this week on his practice status. That's the thing. As, as the week goes on, a lot of these questions will be answered as far as who's, who's sitting, who's playing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, If they're missing both those guys, then I think that definitely yeah, that'll solidify some... the Philly win for me. Yeah. Um, and of course, Tyquan Thornton's on IR. Um, for Philly... Uh, Reddick, I can't remember if he, yeah, he said he believes he'll be ready for week one. He's recovering from thumb surgery. So on defense linebacker, you know, you can play with the club on your hand if you need. I'm not <laughs> sure if we'll play full allotment, but you know, keep an eye on that. But as far as fantasy goes here, I wrote, uh, Jalen Hurts, of course, you know, I mentioned, mentioned the running and then Hunter Henry. I like a lot here. There we go. Um, you mentioned the the strong Philly front. They have, I think I gave them the top ranking. Yeah, I gave them the the number one spot. Um, it was either them or Pittsburgh. I gave it to Eagles then Steelers. Forty um, Nineers I have third. That's with Bosa. Without Bosa, they drop a lot. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, their their defensive front's really good. I know the Patriots are gonna run. They'll probably get some success, but it's gonna I think it's gonna be a little hit or miss here. Um, especially if the lines uh, struggling. Their secondary solid. I think that. The linebacking group has has been their weakness, and I think you know stopping Hunter Henry. Like I don't know who's going to cover Hunter Henry here. Um, it's like they're good secondaries. I'm not not going to say wasted, but sort of sort of wasted. I don't know if they'll, I don't know if they'll put like Bradbury on Hunter Henry. I don't know. That might make sense, but I feel like he matches up decently against them here. And every every single camp report has been, like, Hunter Henry's max guy. Hunter Henry's the guy. He's been awesome. Like, so he's been the red zone guy for them. I, so I'm I'm banking on that coming true. Like, with offseason stuff and with preseason stuff, it's kind of 
tough to parse at times because you need to account for who's reporting it. Like in the preseason, there's a lot of context you need. With preseason, like for me, it's mostly just like, okay, like what young guys stick out. Like for the veterans, I'm not that concerned. But I think like the training camp reports, the offseason stuff, if there is like multiple reliable reporters saying the same thing about a guy over the course of several months, which has been the case for Hunter Henry, then I'm gonna be like, okay, this is worth noting. And Mac liked Hunter Henry like last year too. So yeah. I think it's just more continuing from that. So I I like him a lot this week. He's pretty cheap on DraftKings too. Um, he's only 3.5. So if you're dumpster diving there, I like him a lot. Yeah. I dig it. Yeah, I think jo- uh, Jalen Hurts is still going to have a good game. Like a really good game. Mm-hmm. Bill has kind oh, yeah, of struggled sure. against yeah. rushing quarterbacks, and I expect that to continue. I uh, I will say I think this is a good kicker game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, you got Jake Elliott for the Eagles, and then... Let's see, Chad Ryland is the is the rookie that Pat's drafted in like the fourth round or something. So high He'll pedigree kicker. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hunter Henry, I'm looking at his touchdown odds. DK has him at plus two forty five. I'll see what FanDuel has him at. But two two forty five, I wish it were a little higher, but that's that's pretty decent. Um maybe if you want to like parlay that or something where maybe maybe a different book has better odds on that. But I'd still be okay taking taking that bet, I think. Let me, find, let me find what that implied probability is. But as I look at that, uh, <laughs> Green Bay, Chicago. I don't, this is maybe the toughest one for me. Um, yep. Where are you at here? There's just so much unknown with this game. Like, is Fields going to take a step? Is Jordan Love going to be good? Uh, <laughs> that's kind of the main <laughs> things, but they're really, really, really big. I'm, I'm really torn on this one. I have sp- flip-flopped. A couple times now. It is in Chicago. <sighs> the Bears <laughs> got a lot better. I don't know how much better. The Packers still have a good line and like a good defense, but I also don't like their defensive coordinator. I just, yeah, I think I took the Bears because I'm kind of just gonna ride the. I think Justin Fields is gonna improve train. Yeah, I. uh I've got the Bears here as well. The The total and spread have moved a lot. So total's 43. That's down from 44.5. And then Chicago's only minus one. That moved from minus 2.5. So, so some chips in favor of, of Green Bay there. Like Fields here, I think, you know, if you're stacking him, DJ Moore's the guy to go to. I love, love Christian Watson here. He, like, he might be my banger of the week. As, <laughs> as unsure as I am in Jordan Love, like, the Chicago secondary still sucks ass. It does. So like, I know they added Tyreek Stevenson, but he's it. Like, they're they're still not good, um, and like they're not really gonna get enough pressure. I don't think like they've got an okay front, but it's like average. So their linebackers are better than their D line. Yeah, so they've got they've got T.J. Edwards. They've got Tremaine Edmonds. They've got Jalen, oh, Jalen Johnson corner, sorry. Um, so Sometimes, like, on our lads, when teams go, like, five defensive backs, it, it throws me off so much reading this because, yeah, the, ba- the Bears are probably going to be running uh, five defensive backs, it looks like. Yeah, they're going to do quarters for sure, but, for sure maybe yeah. even another. As we talked about getting, you know, nickel and dime uh, quarters. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Tyreek Stevens is good, but he's still a rookie, so, and everyone else in the secondary is not really going to inspire any confidence. So I, I'm all aboard the Christian Watson train this week. There we go. I like that. Um, 
I'm really, I think I'm really on the Fields game this week. I know you already have him as a banger, but I don't mm-hmm. think the Packers defense is very well equipped to deal with his rushing abilities. Now their front's not good. I have them in the bad tier. Yeah, and most of their linebackers are essentially glorified pass rushers. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And against Fields is not really what you want. No, not at all. <laughs> and, uh, I will say the big thing I'm watching though is their is their tackle spot with. Um, Tevin Jenkins out for the Bears. He's on IR. So that hurts a lot. Obviously, you want him in. But I think against the Packers, it'll be okay because, like I said, I don't think they've got a scary front seven. He's still going to have more time than he did last year. We'll see. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Like, like, they brought in. Yeah, let me me look at their changes because that, like, their line, they brought in Nate Davis. um, They drafted Darnell Wright. There might be one other I missed, too. But they've, they've definitely improved their line a lot. Also, DJ Moore, do you have any sort of idea where he's going to line up in? So, DJ Moore and uh, Darnell Mooney, I'm guessing, will go back and forth between slot and that other outside spot because I hope they don't put Claypool in the slot. I had that. I mentioned that last year with Pittsburgh. I was so pissed when they kept doing that. He's not a mm-hmm. slot receiver at all. So, I expect him to stay outside. <laughs> and then Mooney probably plays a little more slot. But I, I feel like they're gonna mix those two more and Mooney around a lot. Okay, that's my guess. And you know they they may go to tight end too because they've got like they've got Mercedes Lewis to run block if they want. So Komet and Tunney are more receivers. So they I could see them doing some two tight end as well. And they they actually use a fullback sometimes. So <laughs> they've got they've got Carry Blossom game. Yeah, blazing game. Yeah, yeah I. I was already looking at the over on 44 and a half, so I'm probably going over on 43 because I don't think either team's really got a defense that's going to instill any fear right now. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I was just curious about like Jair Alexander. If he like if DJ Moore's on the outside, he's going to be on him, but I think they're going to move more around a lot. So I actually still like yeah. more this week too. Yeah, they I mean, I know there's that one preseason play everyone saw like the the screen he took to the house, but they're going to move him around so much that I don't think it's going to be Alexander on the whole time. Slash, if he is, like no. they're going to give an emotion too. So with uh, with Green Bay as well, injury-wise, uh, Rashawn Gary, he's going to be on a snap count early in the season, LaFleur said, so because he's kind of coming back from a knee issue, so he won't be 100%. And then keeping an eye on uh, Romeo Dobbs too. He, uh, he's been dealing with a hamstring issue, so he I'm going to call him questionable right now. If he plays, I don't know if he's 100%. So potentially more targets for Watson. Uh, Jaden Reed, I think, is going to be the third receiver right away. Seems like I don't know. I mean, it's either him or fucking Samori Torre or whatever. So I'm assuming it's Jaden Reed. Yeah, probably. Who but, we liked. We liked Jaden Reed. Yeah, he, you know, quintessential slot guy, which yep. the Packers needed. So I, I like the fit for sure there with them. Yeah, but this is a tough game to call. I think I've got Chicago here, but I won't be surprised either direction. Yeah, me neither. I mean, like, if Love is really good, then yeah. If Fields has taken a step up, then yeah. Mm-hmm. But moving on, we've got the Rams at Seattle. Um, since making this doc into now, we got the cup news. So this was like a three and a half, four point spread. Now it's Seattle by five and a half. And I've taken Seattle. The total is 46 and a half. That might be high. I'm really not sure. It Especially now with... Uh cup being out yeah it's because like who are they throwing to is the tough part for me like (laughs) 
It's Vaya Jefferson, Benny Crystals, uh, that's Skronic, by the way, for anyone new, uh, Puka Nakua, like, they've got Akers there, like, it's gonna just be kind of tough for them to really get it going for me. Yeah. Man, this team is so depleted. Yeah, well, like, without Cup, it's tough. Like, the, I will say the Seahawks, I don't think they have, like, an intimidating front, which helps, but they've got a solid secondary, I think, so I'm not, like, I don't know if people are gonna be getting open. So that's the tough part. Like I put these other guys as streams for the Rams, but honestly, I think Hig Higby's probably the quote unquote banger. If you're looking for one. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, I hope Cam Akers is able to recover and do well, but I'm not banking on that. There's like a decent chance. He's just not got it anymore, which would suck. I hope he, that that's not the case. Um, Cause this would be a really nice, matchup for him all things considered yeah like they're got they're gonna rely on him like i think their game plan is give agris the ball a lot so i should probably put him as like an option over these other guys aside from higby honestly because mm -hmm. i think if they want to win acres has a good game yeah i would agree with that i'm just hoping that he can be good because like the push off from their line would will still be solid yeah, they're they're healthy still, so good start. Yeah. <laughs> good start. Yeah, he he started to kind of put it together, like back together, I should say, at the end of last year. But he st he was still clearly not like fully there. So hopefully, like another year removed, he's a little better. But we'll we'll see how he looks. And then on the Seattle side, I put DK as my as my receiver banger for yeah. them. Um, I'm assuming JSN's out. By the way, um, I I think that's kind of the mm -hmm. consensus. That's probably the case. Um. Their second, the secondary for the Rams is just awful. It's so bad. This is such a DK week. Holy shit! <laughs> yeah, and like, he, and he's the red zone guy. Like, so there's no one who can touch him in the red zone. And I don't yeah. even really trust their pass rush to put that much pressure on Geno either. Like, it's yeah. not gonna be like they're gonna get some because they have Donald. You know. Yeah, he's their defense though. <laughs> but that's it. This is yeah. like a DK banger bonanza. Yeah, I like I like Kenneth Walker a lot too. Uh his thing last year was did the Rams sorry, did the Seahawks get push? If yes, twenty yards plus. If not, <laughs> one or two yards. So like and they're I mean, obviously Aaron Donald's there, but like they're gonna get push this week. Um Se Seattle, like our gripe with them kinda is like they didn't improve their own line more. But I think mm -hmm. this week they're gonna have the advantage. Like they're gonna have the two Rams games and two Arizona games where we're like, okay. The Kenneth Walker is gonna ball out. Then after that, it's like, okay, like where are the other games where he can have they have a line advantage? Um, and this is probably one of the few bankable line advantages I'm gonna say. So I like I like Walker here. Good old Kiwi. Yeah, I was just adding in DK and Kiwi Kiwi bangers to my. Uh, th those are pretty much my notes for this game. Yeah, the uh, the one guy I want to keep an eye on more for real football and maybe potentially future fantasy is uh, Bryson Hopkins. He's their like number two tight end right now. They've sounded pretty high on him throughout the offseason. So I think he's more of a well, honestly while cup side he could be valuable too. And then honestly, like down the line, if they kind of struggle throughout the year, maybe we see them work him more in more just to get an idea of their future. Yeah, that would be nice. They have a good tight end room. That's probably their deepest position group. <laughs> yeah, they got Hunter Long too, so yeah, that's the one spot where they're not really lacking, otherwise they're lacking 
and then <laughs> Davis Allen was in this rookie tight end class, and he had some mm-hmm. uh, some hype, even though I kind of passed over him because there were yeah, so this was many. a loaded tight end class. Oh yeah, um, and then for Seattle, Witherspoon and uh, Adams are both going to be out as well. So it will be an easier task against the secondary, That's but I, I do agree. I think Akers is probably the main go. Um, if yeah, if you, if you're hurting this week, say you drafted like Judy, and uh, I don't know, there was, and say you drafted Cup and Judy, and you're hurting, like Van Jefferson might be your guy. Yeah, I think because Van Jefferson is probably the most likely. He's been yeah, with the system the longest. He has the biggest yeah, score, and then maybe the most proven. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean. Because crystals they like because he blocks well, but and, and then he has like some good receiving games. But it's it's tough. There's been a lot of puka hype, so may, maybe we see him get way more involved than we're expecting. But again, I'm not like excited. Yeah. <laughs> but next up, we've got probably game of the week, or at least fantasy game of the week, uh, is Miami at the Chargers. Oh baby. Uh, at least of the main slate, I'll say 51 total. Chargers favored by three. We both had the Chargers here. I think we would take whichever team was at home here. At least I would. Yeah. Um, although I will say, absolutely, the the Dolphins are coming fairly banged up. Um, they've got a lot of guys. Uh, Jeff Wilson, Jalen Ramsey, and that, Nick Needham yeah, on IR. That was another thing. Their secondary is hurting. Um, and then A Chain's banged up. Um, I don't. I he. I think he's legit questionable. And then I think Waddle plays, but yeah, I've not seen any updates on his like midsection thing. They've kind of been holding him out with. So I think it's just been like. I assume his has just been precautionary and he'll play, but look for news reports. And then uh, they have a guard, Rod Jones, who they put on IR. He was probably not a starter, but maybe, but more so like reliable depth. And um, that's kind of the main thing. And then I think Teron Armstead is fine, but, you know, always keep an eye on him, I guess, just because he's just constantly banged up. And if he misses, that's a huge blow. Yep. I think he'll play he's one of those that he's going to have a questionable next to his name every week. Yeah. Um, his name is going to be Teron Armstead Q. Uh, by yeah, the end of the year. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> yeah. The, the dolphins are like mid season injury form right now. It kind of sucks, but it should be really a really fun game. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to this game. And I'm glad it's in the late window. Oh, Cause right. like, yeah, the, the late window stacked. We've got Philly, New England, and then this game in the late window. So we're just kind of be going back and forth between those two for me. Um, actually, maybe I'd rather have in the early window because, like, I feel like the early window we weren't too excited about. I don't know. Um, yeah, the early window kind of sucked for once. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the Chargers, I I have their pass stack as banger, but especially Keenan Allen here. Um, I believe Nick Needham was their slot corner. I want to say. Um, but right now, um, it's uh Cater Kohu, whatever his name is, in the slot right now. Oh yeah. Um, so um, they've got Zayvon Howard on the outside, who is good but declining, and then of course Eli Apple on the other side. So their secondary is really hurting. Um, they've talked about moving Keenan Allen around, but he's going to have an easy slot matchup. So I'm, yep. I'm really feeling him, especially because uh, the Dolphins. I think they have a really good front seven. Like I've it's got them, gotten a lot better. Yeah, I've got them as a pretty high upside one. I. I decided to take the jump and follow my gut on them. I put them as like in that second category of the very good. So like I've got them top seven, and may- maybe I come back and go. I was too bullish, but they've got a ton of speed and like insane pass rush on their front seven. 
So they're they're gonna be blitzing the shit yeah. out of teams this year. And that was their MO last year. And now like and we were like, okay, they have the personnel for it, and now they've really adapted their defensive personnel around. So Yeah, I'm a little I'm still waiting on Christian Wilkins. Cause if he doesn't sign with them, that is a that is a blow to the defense. Yeah, uh, I but... I was making the assumption he was part of that when I ranked them, but if he misses it, obviously drops him down. Yeah. But yeah, Jalen Phillips is good. David Long. They have Jerome Baker and Bradley Chubb. Like they've got a pretty on Davis in the middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The big, that's going to be the thing is like, especially early while. Oh, okay, maybe not Jalen Ramsey, but honestly, Nick Needham. I think is going to be more important for them. Mm-hmm. Um, while their quarter room's banged up, that it's going to be the the timer. Like that's going to be their defense. Like yeah. how many seconds can you hold off <laughs> their their front? Um. So with that, yeah, that's why that's why I have Keenan because the matchup and the the timing. Um, for the Dolphins, I like Reek more than Waddle here, just because you know Waddle's been banged up, um, and obviously it, it, it's it's Reek. It's so, Reek. Yeah, the the Chargers defense on paper, of course. I mean, okay, I feel like the Chargers like always the off season on paper winners, but yeah, their defense is is really talented. It's just is it going to come together and stay healthy? <laughs> like, does Derwin James stay healthy? Like, <laughs> that's the that's the big question for them. Um, is J.C. Jackson going to play this year? Because they yeah, signed like him and he didn't play it down. Yeah, there's there's always so many ifs for them. Um, and their secondary staying healthy. And like Bosa staying healthy is always a big one. Um, their only injury right now is that Jalen Guyton's on IR. But otherwise, they're they're healthy. I do want to add in, it sounds like Quentin Johnston's going to be like a backup to start. Like I think they announced that Palmer's their number three off the bat, which... I think you and I expected, but yeah. I think a lot of people are going to be surprised and bummed about. He's definitely not ready. <laughs> no, no, like he's just not. <laughs> I, I, honestly, though, I think this is a great situation for him to learn in, though, because like oh, sure. Mike Williams is who he needs to learn from. I'm expecting Williams to be probably like I'm definitely on the Keenan versus mike will this week because i'm i am expecting howard to mostly be on mike williams yeah that that makes sense so on the miami side one guy i do want to mention is raheem mostert um i've got him in stream territory because wilson's on ir and a chain's banged up if a chain misses i might move mostert to banger because he's gonna be the only guy so yeah and i feel like the chargers run d was not great to end the year yeah they yeah they did sign some guys like they got Eric Kendricks, um, so that might help a little bit with the run game. Uh, and and they again were just super banged up, yeah. so that's gonna be a little stouter now. But yeah, it wasn't it wasn't really like a, a strength or anything for them. But again, they just got so banged up, it was hard to really decipher how that went. But yeah, I mean the Dolphin the Dolphins have a ton of passing weapons, but like McDaniel's, he's from the Shaney tree. He's gonna throw in some runs. He's gonna you know try to get Mostert going at points and take advantage of the soft boxes they give so oh this is going to be such a fun game i'm really curious to see how kellen moore does ironically i kind of feel like um lombardi might be a better oc just for this game in particular (laughs) because you might want somebody who does a little bit more high percentage dump offs but because my guess is herbert is just gonna He's going to have pressure in his face a lot of the game, even with a good O-line. Like, the front seven is just good for Miami. So it yeah. might be better to have, like, the quick kind of system. <laughs> uh, but overall, I'm, in general, happier that 
they moved away from him. Yeah, the the Dolphins, like we saw it last year, they're a risky defense, so there are going to be times where like they just get burnt mm-hmm. leaving guys. Like I got so pissed during that playoff game against Buffalo when they just kept letting guys get behind them. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Stop <laughs> it. Um, so that'll happen some for them. And um, one, one other thing I'm looking for too is uh, how much Herbert's going to run because he didn't really last year. I mean, obviously the rib injury, I think, was the main factor in that. So I think with more and with the healthy ribs, we'll we'll see probably a higher rushing for Herbert this year, too. And he got unlucky on the touchdowns. There was some stat where, like, he ran, he ran like, 50 times or something. And whatever it was, he was the quarterback with the most rushes without a touchdown or something <laughs> last year. So, yeah, very chargery. Very chargery. Um. It is funny though that you said that. I if this was in Miami, I'd be taking Miami. <laughs> oh yeah, I, this is just kind of a home team thing. This and, is just one of those matchups. Uh, it's it's a close game. I'm I'm looking forward to it, but I I think the Miami injuries probably pushed me to the Chargers some too. Mm-hmm. But uh, man, I don't. Do we have to talk about the Raiders Denver game, man? Not really. We can just kind of <laughs> gloss over it. Oh uh, man, I don't. Uh, so. I'm picking Denver, I guess. Um, 44 total, Denver favored by four. Javante Williams, if, if he's been so ahead of schedule on stuff. If he's like actually all good, he should be a banger here. Yeah. Obviously, the risk is how much he does play. I was but... going to ask you if you were confident in playing him this week with the, it being his first week back from injury. I think I am, personally. It, I think it depends like who you have. Like Season long, I, try, I don't know what the, the line would be for me. Um I guess I could maybe go through some guys and be like, okay, like where, where, where am I starting Javante over guys? Yeah, let me let me look at that. So yeah, I like find this some. Game. Yeah, sorry. So let's find some weekly running back projections here. Blown up football guys. Let's just go like some half PPR. Um, all right. Let's obviously there's the obvious guys. So I'll just go, uh, Ramondre or Javante. Uh, I think the matchup is more conducive for Javante even okay. though he might not get as much volume. Uh, Mixon or Javante? Javante. Uh, Josh Jacobs or Javante? Josh That's a Jacobs close one for me. so much volume. Yeah. Uh, Michael Jacobs. Um, Madison or Javante? Ooh, that's a good one. That might be where my line is at. Um, yeah. I'm... That's 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 a coin flip for you. Sounds like yeah, that one I uh, could go either way. I'll, I'll give you two more: Aaron Jones or Javante. I'll take Aaron Jones, and then uh, Jameer Gibbs or Javante. I would take Gibbs, but I would understand somebody not. I know it's yeah. his first game, so yeah. So I I started after Derrick Henry. There's like a clear top seven this week, and then I'm like Ramondre and Mixon are like projected kind of, at least on this site in the in the top ten, but there's definitely a drop off after Henry where it flattens out. So it's kind of interesting that you would you would go uh, Javante over Ramondre here. Yeah, that's just um, like I don't I want to try PPR to run on that. the Eagles D line. Yeah, full PPR I'd go Ramondre I think, but half mm-hmm. I, I I understand the Williams thing. So it sounds like you're pretty pretty high on him. You have him the kind of that borderline twelve spot. So that yeah, that's about that, right. That that that's a play him then. It sounds like if uh, I'm like dang I'm I'm just worried he a- might only get like. 10 to or maybe like 12 touches yeah it's it's a tough ask i feel like he's pretty liable to score because mm-hmm. like i feel like they're gonna want to get him a touchdown but 
Like, I'm looking down here, and, like, Dobbins and Walker, I see, like, kind of lower in projections, but I would put them, like, pretty high up. I would put so. Walker ahead of him. Yeah, like, I feel like I'd go Dobbins and Walker over Javante right now. I would probably do Dobbins as well. <laughs> yeah, huh. Yeah, week one's always, like, again, it's Monday, so I feel like we're going to see a projections update, but I'm looking through some stuff, I'm like, man, I... <laughs> week one's always tough. We that, like I feel week like... one, though, because people don't do as much research as us in the off season, so we kind of get, like, a little bit more of an idea of how things are going to look week one. Yeah, it's always tough. Like, there's going to be some places where, regardless, are going to be super wrong, and then things where it's like, duh, how do you not see this coming? Like, it's always a mix. So, yeah. Again, this is kind of a, a, a very mini rant. Projections in football are pretty volatile, like, Sport-wise, basketball, projections are pretty good, reliable. Football, it could be pretty volatile. Then baseball is, like, super hit or miss. But f f football, I'd say, is probably closer. I guess it depends on position. A lot of positions in football are closer to baseball. Uh, I guess, like, quarterback is probably closer to basketball, prediction-wise. But either way, it's still, it's still tough, and there's so much volatility because there's only so many snaps, possessions. A football is a weird ball. Uh, <laughs> that's always what I like to bring up. But yeah, especially week one where there's so many unknowns and stuff. I feel like you can go the earlier in the year it is, the more against the grain you can go on projections and be okay. I think. Let's go. Yeah. Javante Williams. <laughs> it's like my favorite Injury part of the Broncos. Dude, yeah, Javante is one of our favorites, man. He's awesome. Um, I think you can look at the number defense, of course. Uh. Injury-wise, though, the the Den Denver is hurting on the injury front kind of already. Quan Williams is on IR. Patrick's on IR, of course, after the year. Poor guy. Yeah. Um, I'm guessing no Jerry Judy. I would be surprised if he plays. And if he does That's play, it's going to be like. Up. And then Marvin Mims sounds like he's good to go. Hey. So honestly, I think he's kind of... I mean, okay. I didn't want to put Cortland Sutton as a banger because putting a Denver pass catcher as a banger after last year feels rude. Like <laughs> that feels just disrespectful to anyone taking your advice. I don't know. Maybe it's a banger, but I would, I'll say him and Mims are streams. Like they're both fine and playable for now, mm -hmm. but I, I'm going to need to see it turn around before I call anyone a banger in the passing Ab game here. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, I don't even think this is a, uh, like, I think I'm going to take the Raiders to cover minus four. I think this is a pretty close game. And I don't think Denver is going to like separate themselves very much from from the Raiders in this one. I just kind of expect McCann to blow it at the end. Yeah, no, that's fair. I because coming in, I was ready to just like shit on them and be like they're going to crush. But I'm like, eh, these are usually close games. Yeah, like if this is 24-21, I won't be shocked at all. And it might be like I think it might be 24-23. I think this is legit, maybe a one point Denver game. Yeah, if Denver were healthy, like, if Judy was playing, I'd be more confident. But, like, the Raiders are healthy, and Denver's not quite healthy right now. So, <laughs> they're playing, and the, their defense isn't as, like, last year their defense was insane. This year, it's not. I think their front might be a smidge below the league average. Um, they're probably right around average, but they're not stacked at all, like, last year. Um, yeah. Their, sec their secondary is pretty good still. They've got, obviously... Um, Oh, what's his name? Pat Sertan. They've got Justin Simmons. They've got some talent back there, especially safety. Um, like they've got Josie Jewell, who's pretty good, but they don't have like wrecking ball of a defense anymore. No, um, they don't. I was gonna say their defense is worse. Yeah, so it's not bad, they, but it is not as good as last year. Yeah, they're gonna 
probably attempt to just go after Jimmy G pretty heavily, but I think the Raiders will actually be fairly okay at this game. Yeah. Like, so that's you know. probably the thing that I wanted to mention last is don't be surprised if Jimmy G and the Raiders offense looks all right. I think a lot of people are expecting them to suck. And like these two are a scheme fit. Jimmy G and McDaniels make sense together as much as like we don't like it. They're going to be efficient and they're, the Raiders O-line isn't that bad. They still have Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs, and like Hunter Renfro. And then, of course, their tight end room is actually solid. I mean, Hooper's not like amazing, but he's a good vet. And then you have Michael Mayer. So I, um, I'm i not even that confident in picking Denver, but I do think they, at home, I'm just going to give them the edge. Yeah, with the Raiders, like they, they brought in Jacoby Myers, of course, like you said. Um, uh, I want to see how they get Hunter Renfro involved this year because he had a really bad time last year. Oh, twenty twenty two was not his year. Um, but he and like Jacoby and Devonte are like, it's a great fit for Jimmy G. Yeah. So like I McDaniel sucks, but <laughs> I think they can they can manage this for now. While while the line is healthy, they'll be good. That's if they're if they lose anyone on the line, they get concerned. The big thing with the Raiders is their defense just isn't good. Like. It's right. Max Crosby, and that is like basically it. Yeah, uh, like, you know Marcus Peters now. Yeah, I, I want him to pick off Russ. He probably will. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they've got two guys of note on the defense, and that's a that's it. So, and like Ch- Chandler Jones is is a good player, but he's getting older. So it's you know th- those two will have moments where they do solid, but it's yeah. At least behind Chandler Jones, they have Tyree Wilson, who's their rookie. Um, mm-hmm. So they can probably switch him in and give him, you know, give Jones some rest, give this guy some reps. Yeah. So they're, they've gotten okay from like four, but that's, <laughs> that's 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 as much as I'll say. Like they got some talent on that, and that's that's the limit. So the, the, their de- I think their defense is their main limiter right now. Yeah. And they don't have, like, a crazy explosive offense, but I do think it'll be a consistent, like, solid. Yeah, they're they're dink and dunk for sure. But moving on to Sunday night. Uh, With Dallas at the Giants, I do want to say I got a little news blip at some point um, on one of their linemen. It was guard. Uh, Tyler Smith uh, exited practice today with uh, hammy discomfort. They said initial belief is it's minor, but like we're week of the game now, so that's worth Rub keeping around. an eye on just in case. Um, they did extend Terrence Steele, so that's always good news. Uh, Donovan Wilson's been limited; their safety, so keep an eye on him. Um, Giants are healthy, which has been a big issue for them. Um, so, wh- who are you on uh, in this game for for fantasy? Ooh, okay, I am. Picking the Cowboys to win. Uh, the Giants, they I like what they did in the draft. They got Deontay Banks, so their secondary is better. Um, I don't know. They're a well-coached team, so I'm not expecting them to be a doormat for Dallas. I would say, overall, I still... Like, this is a good Pollard week, I think. Because uh, I don't love their linebackers as far as being tacklers. I think their linebackers are better at going after the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think this is a better game than maybe I originally thought. Yeah, I actually had a tough time here picking this. 
Like, it's tough I, because they played above their roster last year, right? So then their mm-hmm. roster doesn't change a whole lot, so it's hard to predict them to do much better. But they did. Will that continue? I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I mean, I think they improved the roster some. My kind of big concern is their O-line, I think, is a bit worse. Mm-hmm. Um, like, they added some guys on defense, added Waller, but they lost they lost a guy on their line. They didn't really get a replacement. That's obviously a huge concern against the Cowboys of all yeah. teams. Um, yeah, they lost Gates and Feliciano. They they drafted a center, yeah, and, uh, John Michael Schmitz, but who we still... know just off his name is going to be good. But <laughs> that is a Redison center name if I've ever seen one. Is the guard that's replacing, and he is not what you want there. He was not good yeah. last year. Ben Bredesen. Ben Bredesen. Yeah, but they've got like Glowinski. Um, I mean, they're going to need their tackles with Thomas and Neil to step up. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that that could be kind of the trapdoor of this game is if their line just can't mesh and Dallas wrecks them. Cause, so these are actually two of my top fronts. I have them both in the very good tier. I put them at four and five, but they're both, I'm going to say, top seven fronts, uh, in my opinion. So this is going to be... And I, I think everyone expects that from Dallas. Like Everyone's like, oh, they've got Michael Parsons. They've got right. you know, a bunch of guys up front. But I think the Giants front's going to surprise some people. So... Ashawn Robinson and Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence are really good at just plugging up the run. They're not really sack the quarterback guys. Mm-hmm. They're more of just like, we stand here and don't let anything past us, which is good. But then they also have Thibodeau. Um, yeah. And honestly, Aziz Ojolari and Okariki can get after the quarterback. So they have they have a good front seven, I would agree. Yeah, I'm, I'm baking on Thibodeau to take a leap this year because he... He, he had some struggles last year, but his, his pressure rates were pretty solid a lot of times. And I think, you know, going the second year, he'll have a better time. And there's a lot of talent around him now. It's going to make his life easier. So I'm I'm banking on a big step from him that I think he takes. Um, and, I mean, it's not like he was bad last year. He was still good last year. But I think he could, between having, like, having Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams in the middle to give him easy looks outside are gonna is going to help. So... This might be a situation where if Tyler Smith doesn't play, I might actually end up taking the Giants. But... I'm still taking Dallas for now. Yeah, I think they just have the better roster, and especially offensive weapon wise, like Lamb, Cooks, Gallup. Um, I do. I have Fergie as a stream here, and I actually wrote, I wrote Darius Slayton as a stream because Trayvon Diggs is risky, and like he's gonna get burnt once, and it's probably gonna be Slayton if he gets burnt. Like I think he's gonna be on Slayton the most, so he's my stream. But I I put Waller as a banger here. Um. I don't think Dallas really has anyone to cover him at all. Because, like, Van, Van yeah. Der Esch stopped the run. They've got pass rushers, but they don't have anyone. Like, I don't think Malik Hooker is going to guard him. So, like, they don't have anyone that I'm really expecting to guard Waller. Like, maybe they put fucking Gilmore on Waller. I don't know. Like, I don't think that'll work, though. So, I don't... I think he's, he's just a no. huge mismatch. And he's also been someone in the offseason who's gotten like every single positive report from every single beat reporter that like Daniel Jones fucking loves this guy. So yeah. And he's their best receiver. So, and both teams, I think both of them, their worst position group is their safety. I could be wrong. I see. I don't um, really the Giants know. Have McKinney. McKinney. Yeah. I don't know um, him that well. Yeah. Cause yeah, Donovan Wilson's kind of banged up for the Cowboys. I don't know about his status, but they've got Malik Hooker as their other safety. Yeah, but like I, I don't think they're gonna be able to cover. Like I don't think I don't think Hooker's gonna cover Waller with any success. Yeah, this might be I a could double be wrong, tight end but... game. I might like the tight end on both teams. 
Yeah, yeah. Fer- Fer- Fergie is a stream for sure, I'm going to yeah. say. Obviously, CeeDee Lamb is amazing. He's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but the matchups are easier on the outside, I think, for, uh, I guess, the Giants here. Because Adoree Jackson's their slot guy, which mm-hmm. CeeDee can still beat him. We'll move him around. But on the outside, they've got, like, rookies pretty much. Um, yeah, let me pull up my notes on Deontay Banks because I can't remember exactly what I wrote. Because like, he's a, he was um, a first I had rounder, him broken down but, pretty well. Yeah, mm-hmm. first rounder was still a rookie, and then they've got like Trey Hawkins, another rookie on the other side. Um, I'm not sure who exactly they're going to start, but like there's a good chance it's one or maybe two rookies, depending on how they do it. So yeah, like so like I I've got he is a goat zone coverage corner. Uh, Deontay so, Banks, he's really good at zone coverage and really gotcha. bad at man coverage. Not bad, but just weak. Okay, so uh, I'm trying to think who that's going to benefit the most, like if he's lined up a certain way. I think that helps him against Lamb. So if he's staying in zone, I think that helps him cover Lamb a little bit better. I still expect Lamb to beat him, but if he gets pulled into man coverage, then Lamb is going to eat his lunch. <laughs> Gonna have some rice with that lamb. <laughs> That's mine now. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I do. I didn't mark that. I think one of Cooks or Gallup should have a solid game um, against you know the rookies on the outside. I'm not sure who's gonna get more of whom, but you know Deontay Banks will have his moments. But on the other side, on the outside, it's just gonna be a, a six round rookie or some random shitter. So yeah, <laughs> like one of Gallup or Cooks will take advantage of that. I, the problem is I don't know which, and that's why I don't like. I can't. I don't feel good making a direct call on that. Do you have like any lean there? Or no? Not really. Um, it would be nice to see Gallup though. Like he makes a little sense to me, but we'll see. I think this is pretty classic. Like stick with Lamb. Yeah, I mean, yeah, CD Lamb. Like, yeah, you can't go wrong, of course. <laughs> but this is this is gonna be a showdown slate for DFS. That's why I was trying to like kind of maybe parse through it more. I'll probably just take whoever's cheaper, which I think will be Gallup. I'll check. But yeah, this will be a good game, though. I'm actually really excited for this. Um, I do want to say, if you're feeling ballsy, this is a very good game for Jalen Hyatt to get a 70-yard touchdown. I thought about that, and then I'm like, I think Slayton plays more. But like, yes, I agree there. Like, Hyatt's going to get some snaps, and he could pop off with like one or two of them. Yep, because we know Diggs can get burned. And that's just, I'm just waiting for that to happen. Yeah. Even I if he only plays gonna, like 10 snaps. <laughs> yeah. I think he's going to rotate in some like behind Slayton. Mm-hmm. So that's going to just kind of be what, what we're waiting on. I don't, I don't see any prices for this game yet. So we'll, we'll wait and see how they, how they get priced on that for, for the Cooks and Gallup decision. So also yeah, is last Paris game, Campbell oh, the starter. I think so. Technically for the Giants, like <laughs> that's the thing is like, Shepard and Slayton and Hodges, like I would assume, would be the starters, but I guess Paris Campbell's technically one of the starters. Um, that's good. They're going to rotate a lot, the thing. So, right. It's, it's hard to call. That's why I was like, I'm calling Waller the bank because we know he's going to play, and the receivers are kind of streams for me. Like I said, I had Slayton, but if you want to take a shot on Shepard, Campbell, Hodges, sorry, Hodgins, Hyatt, like I think even Wandale's going to be active. So it's. It's gonna be tough to parts. I think as the year goes on, we'll get a clearer picture, and we might we'll probably see Wandale overtake, at least Paris Campbell probably. But yeah, of course health health's gonna be the the probably main determining factor. Yeah, this will be a good game though. I'm excited for this mm-hmm. one. Yeah, me too. But uh, 
Last one, Monday night. The Bills <laughs> at your Jets, man. Uh, what are you What are you expecting from from your team this time? I am expecting a very normal thing from Rogers, which is to not have a great week. Um, His mo. Yeah. So the way I've come to understand it now is that. Rodgers is just so relaxed and zen all the time that week one, he's just kind of like, we're just going to figure things out. You know, the win-loss doesn't really matter yet. So we're just going to take it easy. The past few years, he's been absolutely awful week one. Uh, and I kind of expect that to continue. I know that, I mean, I would love for the Jets to win this, but I think that's asking a lot of their defense. Um their defense is very good and their defense is going to make this a close game. But I do think I have to give the edge to Buffalo. They have way more of the cohesive team going into it. Whereas the jets are just starting to figure out what their, their starting five linemen are going to be. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I equate it to the other year with the Bengals when they got a bunch of new linemen, it took them a little bit to gel and then they were good from there on out. They have just now decided on their starting five linemen like mm-hmm. this week, which I think it's a good starting five. You know, Dwayne Brown and Mekhi yeah. Becton as your tackles, and then you have Lakin Tomlinson and Elijah Vera Tucker, and you have some decent depth. Like, I think it's a good starting five. They just have not practiced or played much together. And uh, Buffalo's really good in the regular season, and they were really good week one last year too, so... I'm holding my expectations. I do think Buffalo gets the win here. Uh, if it was a, a few weeks later, I'm, I would maybe switch it. But just for now, I am taking Buffalo. I'm not yeah, upset. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't made a for sure pick yet. I might go Jets. Um, so for for some reference, Buffalo's favored by two and a half. That's up from one and a half, forty-six and a half point total. When I was breaking this down, so one, the main injury is Von Miller is on the pup. Um, yes. That's kind of the big issue for them. And without him, their defense struggled a lot last year. Of course, Hyde and Poyer were in and out, but Miller was a big one. And so for me, like the Jets O-line, albeit not really meshed yet, is healthy. And that's something they haven't had in like a yeah, long time. Um, so like with them healthy and with Von Miller out, they have, at least on paper, that's always the, the starting <laughs> point, is on paper, they've got a really big advantage up front. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I know Rogers, you know, week one struggles are kind of his thing, but I think he's set up well to attack the short middle against the Buffalo D this week, which it's going to be, I think a lot of Wilson and Conklin. So Wilson is obviously amazing. I have him as a banger. Um, I think Conklin is actually a pretty solid stream option here. I, I feel like him and Rogers are going to become red zone buddies. I do too. Like, cause he had yeah, some I solid agree. games last year even. So. Yeah, Conklin's pretty good. I think he's underrated just because how bad the Jets' offense has been. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, we liked him. He went to the Vikings. He ended up moving from the Vikings, and now he's kind of in a spot where he uh, belongs. Um, I think they'll be able to get some consistent running going. I don't know about the big plays. That's gonna that's kind of the main thing I'm a little iffy on is, like, I don't know how the big play is going to be for them with, you know, first game with a lot of new guys and with Rodgers there. Um, Hyde and Poyer are both there, so it might make some... Yaks up a little tougher. Brees is still working back, so we don't know about his top speed yet. Um, but I'm a bit worried about how the Bills are going to attack the Jets' D. Um, 
Obviously, yeah. Diggs is amazing, but they're gonna probably put sauce on him, sauce on him, and blanket him with a safety. I'm gonna guess, mm-hmm. and then they're gonna need Gabe and Kincaid to come through. Um, and I think the latter with Kincaid, like he could have a pretty good debut. Like they're gonna need Cook and Kincaid to have big games. I think because like the Jets' defense is pretty stout. They're really good up front. That we've we noted the secondary. So then that middle, like. Both teams are going to need to attack the middle of the field, I think. Mm-hmm. And so Cook, whether runs or passes, and then Kincaid, you know, in that more or less slot role, are going to have to beat big this game. And I think that's uh, probably, I don't know if that's a tougher ask than asking Wilson to do well, but it's it's a close game for me because, like, both teams, like, like, have to kind of attack the same spot. And we're like, okay, we need these specific guys to do pretty well. And I feel okay asking Wilson to do well. But we're like, okay, like, how's Cook gonna go here? What's Kincaid's role? So I'm, I don't know. It's a, it's a tough call for me on both. It is. Yeah, no, I like this should be a really good game. I'm very excited for it. Uh, yeah, I think I might take the under on forty six point five. I think that's a good idea, personally. I so both one defenses thing I found are out, good. Yeah, one thing I found out last year was I'm not that great at over unders and spreads. So I'm not gonna be like betting betting those this year but i'll still be trying to make the call to to improve but m- money lines and props are my bread and butter so i'm gonna stick with those betting lines <laughs> hell yeah but yeah but both both solid defenses for sure um they're gonna be all over jalen i will say that oh yeah like they're gonna try to smother him so we'll see he needs a good security blanket i just don't know who it's gonna be yet if kincaid is integrated enough as a rookie i think he might be because he's just such a pure catcher um yeah. it could be cook like cook could be a dump off guy mm-hmm. i'm just yeah, yeah so it's kind of like sure. at those two like gabe davis will have some openings it's just a matter of like do they have time do they connect and does he come down with it like i think gabe davis will have like one or two like open deep looks that if i think if buffalo can convert even just one of those that might be enough to push him over the edge, but that's going to be like, I feel like if Gabe Davis plays well in the, the lighter matchups, then they'll win. If not, then they won't. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's going to be a Oof. good one. Yes. Yeah, doozy, man. We hit, we hit a, we hit a long timer on this. Obviously we'll be <laughs> editing, cutting it down, but a lot, lot to go over, obviously a full slate of games. And then the first week, I feel like there's a little more to kind of cover and summarize from off-season stuff. So, yeah, this is uh, I'm so I'm so stoked, man. Uh, it's finally here. Yeah, man, Thursday, man. Oh, it's gonna be wonderful. Um, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, you can find this on Twitter at Mozzie and Muscle. You can find us online at MozzieandTheMuscle.com. We'll, we'll have more articles out, out as the season comes. I'm about wrapped up with my big DFS article. Um, as far as like. DFS, bets, picks, and stuff. We'll, we'll kind of parse through how we're going to do that. If it's going to be articles, tweets, videos, short pods, whatever, we'll, we'll figure out our, our uh, avenue for that. But we'll, we'll be trying to get a lot out to you all uh, in that regard, especially since you know, we have a full season of legal betting in more states. But uh, yes. yeah, so thank you all for tuning in, and we will be back soon.